Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bob by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today... I'm still in New York, <laughs> but we're but we're going to talk about uh, two movies today. We've got Triangle of Sadness, which is another one of the movies nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars coming up here, and uh, and um, and Blonde, um, which has uh, Ana de Armas, um, who is not who is who is nominated for for <laughs> Best Actress. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. Yeah. You're you're out of your element. You're not used to having only like not not the screens that you normally have in front of you to do this podcast. No, yes, I currently have Alessandra is on my phone. We are doing a a a a face a FaceTime call or doing a Google Meet so that she can record my audio cuz I don't have my mic and then I have my iPad has IMDb open. Um which actually yeah, which one are we got? I can only have one one tab up at once. So we got to pick which movie we're going to talk about first. Well, I think we should watch. We should talk about Triangle of Sadness because I think both of us watched that first. Um, sure did. We could definitely do that. Yeah, we we had to rent it because we didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. Um, I don't think I ever saw it come to theaters. It was kind of in the late summer. I think like August or September. Or no, it was like October ish. Um, my brother went to go see it when he went went to Paris because when they arrived, they had taken a a flight overnight and didn't have any place to stay until the nighttime. So then they had to fill their day with stuff. So they went to the movies and um, Laura slept through the whole movie. But Paulo was like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I, I thought of that when... Um, when I was watching it, but I also kind of wanted to see it anyway because it had such a good trailer. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, like, this is really funny. Um, and the name is really funny. So it kind of makes you want to see the movie. Yeah, I had never, I didn't see a trailer. I didn't look at the summary. I had barely even heard of this movie until, like, we were kind of looking at possible oscar nomination theories and like this movie kept coming up Mm -hmm. and so i went in completely i didn't even i didn't even know woody harrelson was in it like it just i had no idea what this movie was about um (laughs) okay and uh it was a trip it was a real trip (laughs) it was fun yeah it's so it's got the same themes as a lot of things that have been going on recently um a lot of media has been um rich people bad kind of media um you know including like white lotus and even the other movie that came out the menu this year it's kind of just like oh making fun of the like fabulously grotesquely wealthy um that do not have like any connection to any reality 
uh, in which they're not like the center of attention or being catered to hand and foot. So this yeah. one and kind of kind of also making fun of of a more new like I don't think these people are necessarily rich. They just get a lot of free stuff. But mm-hmm. like influencers, like that's a very new thing still. Like with um, people on Instagram and now people on TikTok, people are just influencers for a specific brand or product or lifestyle or something yeah they're selling you something and uh they just get given a bunch of free shit so i mean like whether they're actually rich or making a ton of money i'm actually not sure how much money an influencer actually makes but um normally they do a lot of different things normally they have like a youtube channel and have like kind of other things that they work on Mm -hmm. and then and then that's kind of where they get their money from i'm assuming well our two main Um, characters were models both of them so that was kind of their i think their major income and then their influencer income um true yes models and then i think i thought they were both influencers or or at least like because they were using their relationship to Mm -hmm. like further each other's followers like on instagram Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. but 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 it mostly seemed like carl was taking the pictures of um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So it it is told in three parts, and the first part is kind of introducing to them and just seeing the kind of like model lifestyle, like kind of weird model culture of just like having to go into it and audition, um, which is just kind of shirtless, yeah, and just kind of walking around being around hot people, and there's like this guy walking around like interviewing everyone, being like, you know. How do you walk? Like, what's what's is the brand a smiley brand or a or a, like it was this this opening part was just so was so good. This guy just walking around interviewing all the models. It was it was very enjoyable. Like, just is it a moody brand or is it a smiley brand? Mm-hmm. It's just it's like H and M. Oh, back to and then it's it's like naming all the the high end brands that that look down upon you <laughs> upon the, the the common consumer. And he goes back and forth between those two a little bit too many times and making the models like perform um and be kind of like a cat and like and it's so it's like just the right amount of like oh this is this is very off-putting this is really uncomfortable so all of those things kind of formulate into a whole movie of that uncomfortable feeling of being like we're just watching these beautiful people um interact with their world and um in the first it is just about the first the the couple in the beginning and they're fighting about money over dinner and it's like such a conversation that definitely has been had between couples over time like who's gonna pay the check is just such a simple thing to fight about um but it's just yeah, cause like oh it all it all evens out it's like no no we need to, <laughs> we need to iron this out right now mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. is it truly even and and it's kind of like you see carl go through this this whole audition and everything and it doesn't seem like he gets the part because he's just and then you yeah. see him kind of going to a show with yaya like with with like starring yaya basically not starring but like she's no, one she of the is models, like so. she's like the headliner model because she comes out first so like i think that means that she's like one of the higher paid models yeah and so it seems like you know she's able to get more work than him and mm-hmm. he's kind of just kind of 
following her around and kind of do doing whatever while he's just hanging out with her yeah i mean they're like in a relationship so like they have this fight that's kind of cringy and it's like he's in the he like is yelling at her in the elevator and the door keeps shutting on him and he's just he's just battling this toxic masculinity undercurrent that like he tries to not do but he can't help it because he just he wants to like possess her in some way and so that kind of runs through out the whole movie as well that she makes more money than him but like he's a man and he's gonna respond like that toxic male kind of way um with yaya so that's like the beginning and then i guess they get to go on a boat um which is the second part of the movie um yes a luxury cruise which a yacht yeah (laughs) felt which felt i don't know very weird like it was very off-putting yeah this like they're they're sunbathing on the on the deck and there's just tons of flies like where are these flies coming from i have a thing about the flies but we'll get to it later i i I have a theory i told my brother and he was like good good call there (laughs) But goodness, and then the the taxi driver like back to their fight when they're still in mm, um, yeah wherever they are. The taxi driver's like, "If you love her, you have to go get her." And I'm just like, "Dude, you guys don't love each other. Like, just it's just not about up. love for them. Like, it's not about it's love. about mutual it's progression towards what they're both trying to achieve, which is fame yeah, and he's, money. He's right? obviously self conscious about where he's at in his career, and he's just and he's just being a dick about it. Oh my god, he's such a dick. Like everybody in this movie there's there's nothing that's really that um they're horrible yeah like every person like it doesn't even matter if they're the rich people or they're the they're the people who are working for the rich people like they're all horrible and it's all all about money right like when we get on the boat we see the staff having a meeting and they're like they're not we, the we see one crew. half of the staff. exactly let's, yeah let's be clear there is definitely there's a, a hierarchy <laughs> yeah. in this staff uh-huh there's and a cleaning crew on many- the on the bottom you know, there's a cleaning crew slash like the boat crew, mm-hmm. like the people who fix the, have boat. the boat running and fix yeah. the boat and clean the boat. Like, and then there's and then there's the 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 customer service basically people who mm-hmm. follow their probably their assigned guest around and give them all the stupid things that they need. Like they yep. fucking helicopter in Nutella yep. for for one of them. And I'm like, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's like it comes in on like a special, like armored case and everything. And like a waterproof case. Yeah, like, it's like so wild. Um, parachutes down to the bow. Like it's just. Oh, gosh, it's... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's and then they're they're like having a meeting and they're all chanting because they're like you have to say yes to everything and at the end you're gonna get a really good tip and then they're also customers always right get your tip about money 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 money. so like it trickle like it trickles down to like the horror of really what it's all about is money and so the power is so clear and it's so on the nose so many times in this movie that it's like okay if that was just the whole thing about this movie, I think it would be a little bit too one note. But it's not. There's a lot more themes when you're talking about power and you're talking about like the way it gets flipped on its head in the end, that it becomes a narrative that I think is a pretty compelling and well done narrative that 
I mean, I think it's just that's why it was nominated for Best Picture. And that was, I mean, it's nominated also for Director and for Screenplay. I mean, you have like so many different things, you know, going around this that just feel so prescient to today. I mean, as all the other movies that are similar to this are like, but this one's just, it's well done, you know? Yeah, I agree. This movie was was very good. I do think its message was was a little heavy-handed at mm-hmm. times, but mm-hmm. I still found it very enjoyable and I thought it very funny and I thought the writing was very good. Like it was it was still and it just completely just shocked me cuz I cuz again, I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> and when and and when that happened, I was like, "Oh." Uh, the <laughs> oh, boat like goes and hits like some crazy storm and they're trying to have so a... we learn early on that the captain is not it's not doing what he's supposed to do no he's he's in his room all day drinking that's that's when woody harrelson comes in mm-hmm. um and there and there's this really funny exchange like through the door the the main like crew lady or like the main customer service crew lady comes in paula or something or pamela whatever her name is yeah um and, you know, she's keep trying to talk to the captain and she's like, we, we need to schedule the captain's dinner any day but Thursday. And he's like, Thursday. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, all right. <laughs> like, no, not Thursday. He's like, what? He's like, the guests are going to eat on Thursday. Why can't it be? It's like, because they're going to hit this crazy ass storm. And, oh, my God. and then, oh, my God, this dinner, Alessandro, was. <laughs> It was disgusting. It was, oh my god! I didn't know whether to laugh or to close my eyes or to look away or to throw up. Like it just was. It was disgusting. It was like forty-five. It was like a forty-five-minute kind of scene. Um, it was so long. It, so there was like so much of these people having just like an absolutely horrible night. Um, all the crew helping like feed these people this insane food that they didn't cook well because they had to go yes one of the the guests wanted everyone to go down the slide yeah to go down the the water slide every single staff member which is every single staff member had to go down because this one like crazy rich russian lady was like was like you all are working all day have fun like go on the slide and so and so the whole day got derailed. The food was not co- so. So these people were, were one getting seasick. Yeah, but were, but were also like food poisoning. I think possibly, like, or just the fact that the entire ship was just rocking like crazy. So like anyone would lose their lunch over that. It was it was a mess, you know. And and so many... what they were serving. Like it was making me Ooh. sick looking at what they were eating. Yeah, and oh, gosh, it was wild. Um. Gosh, like the octopus tentacles and the the jelloy looking jello, thing. Yeah, the caviar and the Russian lady just shoving like um, champagne, champagne down her throat and, and she's throwing down up. Her mouth. Oh my god, it was like, oh my gosh. Okay, so just fast forward through this. The <laughs> the, the boat, the 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 captain's dinner is a fucking mess. Um, it is rocking like crazy. Like it's the power goes out at one point, like the the plumbing is overflowing. I don't know what's happening, but just this boat is there's something wrong with it. And then um the 
crazy rich Russian wife, her husband or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was her um, husband and his mistress. I think that was the yeah, the situation. And his mistress. Yeah. So the crazy the crazy rich Russian guy who sells manure um ends up in like the captain's quarters with Woody Harrelson and they're both like just drunk and talking over the loudspeaker. Like spewing about communism quotes. and capitalism and like Marx and like you know reading manifestos about politics and the state of the world and it it was just like so hilarious and horrible yeah I mean and then they get boarded by pirates and the I mean I don't even know if they well yes they do because you hear you hear the gunshots but they just threw a grenade like Mm -hmm. on the boat Mm mm-hmm right so in front of the that, couple we, that makes the arms and they're yes, like oh hear, this is one of ours couple yes we hear one couple got rich got their riches from basically inventing the grenade well yeah i mean and, they make arms and the landmine so, yeah well yeah um which is just it, like and it kind of shocks yaya and um carl like they're at dinner with these people and they're just like oh like there's and a... they're kind of meeting them here and there like they're, they're they're she's pretending to eat pasta and taking pictures of it and mm-hmm. and they're like oh what do you do and you know you sit at you sit at tables with other people like on cruises and that's a yeah. chance to like meet people and so they're like oh you're gonna eat that pasta and she's like no it's just for the it's just yeah, for instagram like, I'm and they're like free. okay <laughs> yeah and then they just kind of talk and get to know each other and that's how we know that the russian guy sold shit and um you know other other characters that we meet oh yeah the one lady who had a stroke Mm -hmm. so she can't really she can't walk and she's a hard time speaking um and so she's in a she's in a wheelchair and it's kind of for her i think she's an interesting character because she's ultra wealthy yet she can't actually like she can't move she can't speak like she can't do what she needs to do and so she's kind of like a odd dichotomy of a character like you feel really bad for her because she had a stroke that really sucks but then you're like but you're super wealthy so there's like such a difference between you know okay well we she's super wealthy but also super dependent on like exactly. her husband who who eventually dies yeah like, i mean he's, he's not he's there gone. like yeah like the ship the ship sinks and everyone <laughs> ends up on an island long story short spoiler alert um <laughs> And yeah. like, and her husband's gone. Like her, her one person that she depended on is gone, and she has to depend on these assholes that that show up on this beach. <laughs> yeah, and they also like, you don't expect this third half of the movie at all, and I and the third act, and it's no, <laughs> like, and it really works because it's so unexpected, it's so radical that it really just. This is what I was going to say about the flies. It I realized I was like this is going to devolve into Lord of the Flies really quickly. And oh. and then I was like, "Oh, maybe that's why there was all those flies in the beginning and like there was a lot of flies in this movie because it was just like waiting for them to have this power sh- switch where the only person on this entire island that knows what they're doing is um the worker, Abigail. Abigail who was we didn't even see her the entire movie because she's a faceless cleaning lady. Like, you know, not I mean, even she, the- she might have she might have been the lady who who originally knocked on Carl and Yaya's door being like housekeeping, mm-hmm. but like I don't it, I don't I, it also, yeah, I think you might have been right. Like 
you're so like the director does such a good job because you're not even paying attention to these people like you see them but they're so they're wearing the same outfits and they're all just they all are you know darker skinned than even the people who are in the middle management crowd you know like the the people who are like supporting the rich people directly they're not even like they're like dark skin they're all wearing the same costumes you don't have a lot of time to get to know them you don't even speak to one of them really until she goes onto this island and has to be the only person who knows how to catch fish the only person who knows how to make a fire the only person who knows how to cook and it's like oh this is the person who knows how to keep you guys alive therefore she's the captain right like it's yeah it switches so violently that you're like oh my god she's the person we need to start sucking up to and they all start to like it's completely it just it it really turns into something else by the time you get to the island and it's just i mean abigail could have tried to start teaching people how to how to make fires and you know catch fish and stuff but we kind of learn later that abigail liked being in charge of these people like she had she had the power she could tell them what to do like at one point she's basically sleeping with carl because she can't oh yeah and she she yeah power power trip man like it's crazy it's like oh shit she's she's in charge and like it's really it's everyone is saying only nice things to her because they don't want her to like stop giving them food and and whatnot like it's it's a, it's a crazy end to this movie and um yeah. yeah and you kind of start to see like the 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 clicks that start to form like first we have like paula yaya and abigail and they're like a unit yeah and they're like they're like yeah carl start being a dick and they're just like you know like ganging up on him but then like it just it just all goes chaotic so my question is at the end of the movie it it makes it seem like this island itself was like a luxury resort island yeah and there was and then, you know, that guy comes around, he's selling, like, hats and watches and other kind of trinkets and stuff that mm-hmm. only, only the lady who had the stroke can see. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no one else sees this guy. Um, but then when Yaya and Abigail go on a hike to kind of see what's over this mountain, she finds, like, this weird elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, was that stuff actually there? Oh, I think it totally was. And, like every person on that got stranded just didn't even bother to try and save themselves they were just so so stupid that they didn't even like bother to try to think maybe i could go and try to explore a little bit and once that you know once you realize that there's nothing that's too dangerous out there like that was a donkey like that donkey was not gonna hurt them right like once you kind of realize that, like, this is a safer-ish island, like, you know, stay away from the snakes, like, try to get yourself not killed. I think it was just they kind of got used to the to the power and then just, like, didn't bother trying to save themselves at all. And I think that the end was ambiguous as to whether Abigail killed Yaya or not because yes, you really just... And I actually heard the, like, the director doesn't even know, like, the director didn't even decide. He was like, you guys decide, like, if you if you wanted her to kill her, if you didn't, you know, it, it's up to you. It's, amb- it's ambiguous, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then we kind of have at the uh, after that, after that whole ambiguous scene with Abigail and Yaya, you kind of just have Carl running like frantically through the forest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's because maybe the peddler came by and he saw that this was actually an island that had people on it and immediately oh. realized that that Abigail's power would be threatened and therefore Abigail may hurt Yaya. You know, like if you yeah. really if you make that connection, like Carl was smart for understanding that, but like he didn't make that connection before they left. Like what if they did find something and he didn't really think about that like having Abigail go with Yaya was dangerous because if there was any power switch that was going to happen, you never know what was going to happen. Like they were in really dramatic circumstances. So true. You know, it, it was just kind of interesting, like boiling all of these base desires for power and, you know, extra luxury and like kind of boiling it down to just being on a desert island in a way like it's just so it's so wild i i really enjoyed it i don't know it was it was really something (laughs) i liked it a lot yeah i really liked it we learned that the triangle of sadness is like is like your for you need to relax your triangle of sadness which is like i guess your forehead and like your your eyebrow you know probably from making all those creases like if you're yeah um you know, sad or mad or whatever. But also, it's um, like the Bermuda Triangle because they run into all that issues and like that too. That I was definitely thinking of. Yeah, like that kind of weird area of the sea that they end up in as well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not near the they're like in I don't know off the coast of Europe or whatever somewhere, and it's kind of like not clear, but. It, it definitely is like, well, they're, they're somewhere where they could be um, jumped on by pirates. So, um, yeah, I saw all the security guards that had like had like guns and I was like, oh, my God, what kind of cruise is this? And I was like, is it possible they're in waters that could get attacked by pirates? And mm-hmm. Kimmy was kind of watching this movie sort of with me. And she was like, oh, probably she watched the beginning and then she kind of left. And was like, so what happened? I had to explain to her what happened because she left like <laughs> right as they got to the island. Um, so it's interesting because I watched this movie knowing that the lead actress of Yaya, Charlie Dean, um, I knew that she had died over the summer, like right, (gasps) right as the movie came out. Yeah. So apparently she, a few years ago was like in a car accident and she ended up losing her spleen among other things. And then she got sick this past year. And because she didn't have a spleen, it couldn't fight the infection the way that she needed it to, and uh, she died. Yeah, and she she was oh very my young. Gosh, yeah, yeah. She was born in 1990. Oh yeah, she was 29 years old. Like seriously, uh, or sorry, she wasn't 29. She was um, 32. Like truly, like so sad. Um. And it was just like wild because they were doing all this press for this and everything. And it's just like, oh, shit, like your lead is now gone. And and like so watching this movie with knowing that and like her performance was fantastic. And I think it was just like great that she got to be a lead in a movie and that we can remember her like this, too. 
Yeah, she was really good. I mean, Dolly DeLeon was really good, oh too. Oh, my she God. Abigail. I was like, Paulo, she should have got an Oscar nomination for this. I'm telling you, like, that scene where she was making the food, and she was like, one for you, one for me, and then she was like, yes. I'm the captain, and I was like, oh, my God. Fucking what? This lady. I was like, so she's got good. my heart. I love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> So, oh, so good. The conversation she had with Carl in bed and and just like the the levels that she was given. It was unbelievable. It was so good. <laughs> it was yeah, this movie was really fun. I'm glad it got nominated. Me too. Um Yeah, I like guess I can look at some trivia here. The yacht scenes were shot on the Christina O, which I think is the name of the yacht, the former yacht of the Anassis family, which oh. is Jackie's, Jackie Kennedy's um, former, you know, her husband. Um, and it says it, it, the crew only had nine days to shoot it, which cost a lot of money. And the shoot ended the day before the lockdown came into effect. Director Robert Osland admits that if it had happened a few days earlier, he doesn't know how they would have managed to finish the movie. <laughs> no. No, not at all. That's wild. I love that it was only shot in, in nine days on, on the boat part. Um, it was shot in three chunks over the year of 2020. Okay. Wow. I love the summary. It's just a fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich. That's <laughs> so funny. So hilarious. What's the tagline for this movie? Let's see. Okay, so I'm getting used to the iPad view of this because I'm normally on my computer. And this is all very confusing. Where is the taglines? Um, this is kind of interesting. When forced to scavenge food for himself and Nelson, Carl digs through a garbage heap that looks too well established to have been washed up along with previous day because the desert island is actually inhabited. So he didn't use like no one used any like context clues. Like if you like opened up a bunch of trash and you saw things inside that maybe would have been at a resort instead of like on a yacht. You maybe would have thought something else of it, you know, like having things in like clues that like make it so that you can live on a, an island. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking towards whether the island was inhabited when he was doing that, because there was like that that lawn chair or like, you know, that plastic mm. chair that was or no. Or was that when? Or was that when Yaya and Abigail were going on that? There was some. I thought there was something. Oh, it was that at the end. All... Yeah, it was. When, it was when Yaya and Abigail were like on the, on the rocks, and she. Okay. Yeah, I thought something showed up while he was picking up trash. But yeah, I mean, went over my head. I thought it was just trash from the boat. Same, totally. I mean, again, it's just so like when you're watching these people struggle so hard, like no one knows how to kill anything no one knows how to scavenge for anything no one knows how to like make a fucking fire like have you not seen a movie like has no one seen a movie like i know it's kind of hard to make a fire but you could maybe try to figure it out you know like no one's got anything 
I mean, for sure. I mean, I've definitely seen fires get made from a movie. I could maybe try to figure it out. That's but what I'm saying. Like you work. got you got nothing but time. Like you're you're just sitting around. Like why why not try to like make stuff? I don't know. Like yeah. Or again, Abigail could have taught people how to do it. But like that's you so know, true. It's just, that's you know. so true. I mean, they're all idiots, and that's the point of it. Um, it is what it is. Okay. So do you want to read the plot keywords? Yes, so we've got here um, yacht, vomiting, survival, male model, stranded on an island. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's that, the movie. That is like so funny. Um, that is exactly the movie. This movie got a 63 meta score with 28 positive reviews, 15 mixed, and 4 negative reviews. Obviously, the negative reviews. People thought it was a bit too heavy-handed, which I can understand. The lowest is a 13 from the Globe and Mail. Really? How is this... How did this get a 13 when, like, Pinocchio, somebody gave it a 100? Like, what the fuck? I can tell you right now that there's another movie we're going to talk about that deserves that score. And this doesn't. (laughs) I know. I'm just going to give you a little spoiler (laughs) for for what's to come. Uh Uh-huh. But no. No way did this movie deserve a 13. Yes, the the fucking Disney Plus Pinocchio deserved a 13. Yeah. Ridiculous. All right, did you want to did you want to do the honors for that one also? Oh, sure. Okay. Um there are movies that are on the nose and then there is Ruben Oslin's Triangle of Sadness, a satire TM that is so <laughs> pharyngeal that it is the cinematic equivalent of a COVID-19 swap. Swap. Um all right. Yeah, I guess that's exactly what I thought. They just thought it was really heavy handed. And like, it is like, it is really over the top. But I do think that there's just like, the, the structure of the movie allowed it for you to really watch and analyze while also reflect on what it means to you. Like, so like, I liked that there was that I think it was a little bit too long. But like, you have that time to really think about what's happening in relation to the conversations about money, the conversations like, so, and it's quite enjoyable in that way, you know? Yeah. And I, and I really like, it it was a little confusing at first when we were just so focused on Carl and Yaya in the beginning. And then we kind of move over to like really seeing like Woody Harrelson's character and like some other characters. I'm like, okay, where's this going? Like, we're not even really, talking about Carl and Yaya anymore but it's just like it's the three parts felt like they could have been three separate things but they still went really well together like it was just it was very well thought out like it did definitely like yes it was heavy-handed but it was very well thought out and and yeah and even though some parts were heavy-handed it still allowed you to to think like it it wasn't making all the decisions for you Mm -hmm. it was like it was still very open to interpretation. Yeah, people are comparing it to his other movie, The Square, which is about the art world. And then it just made me think about that other movie we watched a couple years ago, The the Man Who Sold His Skin. Do you remember we watched that? One? Yeah, the tattoo, <laughs> the tattoo one. Oh my god, I like did not even think about that until just now when I read that. I was like, I have not thought about that movie for like years and I kind of wanted to keep it that way, but all right. <laughs> I mean, that 
was a, that was a pretty fun movie. It had something to say. Yeah, it was a weird. That was a weird movie. I had. Um, it was. So, any other uh, medium or low ones that kind of stick out to you around here? Um, um I mean, you know me. I like to read the lowest one. I like to read the highest one. All right. <laughs> You're usually better at picking these middle ones. Okay, well, I can I can pick Let's a middle see. one. Um, people are saying it's a, it's a flabby third act, um, which I I thought it was definitely it, it framed the movie well. Um, the Vanity Fair says is a sixty one triangle of sadness needn't be a fair film nor one that readily delivers the simple righteousness of have nots triumphing triumphing over have lots. A more carefully shaped argument would have been appreciated, though, and one that didn't dissolve so quickly into juvenile snicker. Okay. I mean, the only part that I thought that went a little long was um, was that captain's dinner with all the vomiting. I was like, yeah. this could have been this could have been buttoned up in the like a manifesto over the over like the the loudspeaker and stuff like all that was just so inflated um yeah very inflated for sure for sure for sure um so this movie got one two three four five one hundreds did you dare you say that no oh okay and i'm gonna pick one of these let's see um, I'm going to read from the BBC. I think this is a good one. Okay. Um, be warned. Triangle of Sadness rants and smirks at the state of the world over two of the world over two and a half hours. Maybe four over two and a half hours. <laughs> Whatever. Which is quite some running time for a satirical comedy, but it is never boring. Partly that's because the political commentary is so shrewd and partly it's because it has a surprising amount of warmth and nuance, too. Osland uh, ensures that while the situations may be absurd, the people in them are as human as any of us. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's showing that, like, you're not, no one is gonna, no one is against. These people <laughs> didn't feel like the people in Glass Onion. They that, felt yes, very exactly, realistic. Emily, that's truly what i was also going to say while i was watching this wow you pulled it you got it sometimes we think about the same things and i'm like oh my god yes because those people didn't feel real and these people did and it, maybe it's because we can kind of like with the glass onion actors we know them all and so the way you know they're they're all celebrities in our heads and so it's like kind of divorcing that from the actors themselves and these people are mostly unknowns that yeah. it's just kind of like easier to to place whatever feelings you have on them, but yeah, yeah. Also, a movie about like, is this technically people. like an an international film, or I mean, did did all the actors just kind of have? Because um, I mean, Woody Harrelson was in it, but like, yeah, like I didn't know any of the actors, and I'll, everyone like you know had an accent of some sort, so I kind of thought like, oh, is this this is like an international film? I think it. It probably is because the director and writer is a um is a Swedish director and writer, but I believe that maybe because of the production companies that it kind of makes it a an American mm. one. I mean, I'm not really sure why it wasn't nominated for like 
Best International Film if that was the case, because it probably would have been, and it was not. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. maybe they just didn't put themselves for that because they knew that they were going to get Best Picture nomination, which is wild, but it was. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but let's take a break, and then we'll talk about our next movie. Sounds good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, we are back. Um, today, I spent the entire day watching the movie Blonde because it is like three hours and I had to do my laundry. And I seriously started this movie at like, I don't know, like 1130. And I didn't finish it till like four o'clock. Like it took me all fucking day to watch this movie. It was. I, I watched this over a span of two days. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'm still kind of getting used to my new shift and my routine here in New York. It will not always be like this, but this is just how it is. I, I clock out fairly late now for me. Like I used to be clocking out like earlier And so, like, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of my night watching this movie, so I tried to, like, cut it up and and watch it over two nights. But I ended up watching more than I expected the first night, because at a whopping two hours and 47 minutes, um, I, I think I had, like, an hour left to watch last night. And so I watched however much the first night. But, but yeah, um, this movie, oh, yeah, you wanted me to... Wanted me to tell you what I told you over text. Yeah. So we haven't had a toppings yet, but I was recently doing a double read. I was reading two books at the same time um, for the Throne of Glass series. People, fans of SJM will will recognize this, but I was reading both books and that took me like a little over a month to do. But this movie, watching this, felt like it took longer than that. Um, this movie was grating on my eyes <laughs> and my ears and yeah and my whole being (laughs) so it's based on a book um which is a historical fiction about marilyn monroe so like i told you this and and... i read an article too i found an article about its accuracy and and that also basically told me that that all of this is very speculative Mm -hmm. A, a lot of people have come out saying that a lot of the scenes in here were just wrong or never happened. Oh, sure. I mean, so it's all it's, a, it's a fiction. And it's a fiction sure. about someone who has been printed and reprinted countless times, who is 
she's an icon in the truest sense. She does not have an identity except for around everything that everybody puts on her. And like, it's hard to say, you know, when people are like, oh, this is exploitative of her. Well, everything is exploitative of her. Every single piece of media that we have that involves Marilyn Monroe is a speculation of who she really was. And to be honest, no one really fucking knows. Like, it was a person who has the most, like, one of the most recognizable people in the whole entire world, like, ever. Like, she is just a, she's a, she's an enigma. She's a thing, right? And, and she was a person, but she's not anymore. And it's, like, really hard for people to, you know, kind of, like, grapple with that idea that somebody could make a movie like this. And I think, you know, is there something wrong with it? Yeah, like, when you're thinking about a morality, like, morally like is this something that we should be doing to somebody who has not been dead for too long in the span of human history but we speculate about people's lives and make fiction about them all the time every day and like people of history so how is this any different you know it's wild it's it's really not i mean and i'll be honest i don't i mean i enjoy watching you know old Hollywood movies with Marilyn in it. Like, I don't really think too much about Marilyn. This mm-hmm. this movie had an interesting take on how she could have been. Yeah. Like, this whole Marilyn Monroe, like, character that she puts on, almost like a, almost like a dual personality. Mm-hmm. Like, she, you know, we, we know that her birth name is Norma Jean, um, and that Marilyn Monroe is her stage name. That's how it goes with a lot of actors and actresses and people of the entertainment industry um so like I did think that was interesting like she'd kind of she'd kind of pull out her Marilyn to you know get through something go to a premiere go to do this go to that but she really just wanted to be Norma Jean I mean I'm sure a lot of people get into the entertainment business become famous and and regret it in the end because of just how crazy I'm sure it is um so I mean that was interesting but just we had a whole scene of her looking for her wallet i know it, like it was I, and and this movie had so much editing and i didn't and i could and mm-hmm. i couldn't understand why it was do- like there were scenes that were in black and white and i was like okay is there a reason some of these scenes are in black and white i couldn't figure that out me neither like, i watched yeah. i watched this whole fucking movie <laughs> and i'm like i'm like is there a either. reason is there a reason some of the because like she's not it's it's not even just like I would have been fine if it was like, okay, the parts where she's Marilyn, they're in color. And the parts when she's Norma Jean, they're, they're not in color. Right. Something like, at least make it something consistent. Like, I was like, what the fuck? And then... <laughs> I know, I like, agree. I totally agree. <laughs> and then... And then all of this just, like, editing. Like, things were in mm, fishbowl. And then yeah. the people's mouths were, like, were like, re- like, like that stupid little TikTok filter. Like, they make your mouth really big. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. And just, just all of these like it's like they took a scene and they're like cool what's 50 filters that we could add to this scene for mm-hmm. no apparent reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it was just it was messy it was ugly it was the cg baby was like a fucking nightmare I was just... <laughs> yes dude yes oh it was horrible and then it like spoke to her and it was like why i Alexandra, i hated this movie <laughs> yeah it it was it was so it felt like dozens of little tiny film like 
student films that were like all was, strung together. That's what it I felt like. I don't have like. enough adjectives to describe. <laughs> this movie was exhausting. It was, <laughs> it was disgusting. It was, it made me uncomfortable. Uh -huh. It was, I'm sure, I'm sure Ana de Armas was great, but she spent 95% of the movie crying. crying. Yes, I so, know. It's wild. I'm sorry. I hope she doesn't win. I hope she doesn't <laughs> win. Like, this was, she was just crying the whole time. And I'm just like, is this done? <laughs> can, this please, can this please be done? Yeah. It was like every I scene she had. despised this movie. She had the same feelings in every single scene. So it wasn't like, there wasn't... It wasn't even dynamic. No, like, exactly. Like, honestly... <laughs> like, she wasn't she... really a person. She was just a mess. And it was like, where where's the person in there? Like, you know, there was... So the problem was that there was, there was some genuine poetic moments in this movie that I thought were really kind of nice. And then it would just be like sandwiched between just nothing. And you're like watching mm -hmm. it and you're like... Where is this going? Like the beginning is fine. The beginning with with the kid is all okay, and you know the, sure. the mother like because the narrative like makes sense to you and like you know Julianne Nicholson does a great job of being um like a kind of manic mom. And, and <clears throat> yeah, everything. she's great. And so there was like that whole aspect, and I was like, okay, that's that's good, but like the the screenplay just kept going back to these like weird narrative structure like the structure of this film was like not really cohesive in a lot of ways so you're like where is this going what, what is happening to her why is she feeling this way does she have like <clears throat> any lucid moments ever and it did not feel that way it felt like everything that the world was trying to tell her was like not listening to her speak and you know maybe that's like what the director wanted us to feel but for like three hours of like someone just not understanding the person who's on the screen for three hours like what yeah or if or if people pretending like they understood her like even mm -hmm. even the nicer moments that she had with whitey like her makeup artist like he yeah. was talking yeah. to her like you know she was kind of saying like please come please come she was obviously talking about her father but whitey kept saying like yes marilyn's coming she'll be here soon like a kind of speaking to that dual personality again mm -hmm. and like and i feel like the whole movie was supposed to kind of be about her trying to find her dad like it just was like you know yeah. the movie starts we meet her mother she's manic she points to a picture on the on the wall and's like that's your father yeah and and she's kind of like hyper focused on this the whole time we learn out that fucking charlie chaplin jr mm -hmm. is is writing her letters as her father mm -hmm. and like and like basically putting her down like I'm, I'm very disappointed at what you've done with your career and blah 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 and he's like and I'll show, I'll show myself soon I'll come to one of your shows or something and so like he's putting her hopes up but like again what was the what was the point of all that like it just this whole movie spent three hours accomplishing nothing <laughs> oh. I know I can't believe I watched the whole thing I just yeah and you know bad things accomplished nothing bad things like really happen to her in this movie like and so it felt like she had no control over her life whatsoever and i guess when you're thinking about it the real marilyn you know really did go through some incredible trials as a person and so like somebody marinated on that for so long decided to boil them all up into one movie decided how marilyn became 
you know, into the suicidal state that she was and eventually died, you know, and like, there's a way that that happens and there's enablers around her that are trying to control her. So that was kind of like the aspect of the movie that I didn't hate was just like talking about Marilyn as an icon, as an image, um, using those kind of like fame, you know, especially that scene where, where it was her seven year itch, um, subway great dress, you know, blowing up in the wind over and over and over again. I thought that scene was great. Like, like I said, there was like some really poetic moments, like just thrown in there, like showing the the depth of the fame and the insecurity and the, you know, the real person who had to deal with this kind of stuff and what she had to, you know, face when she got home to her husband and what that might have been like for her. But just, you know, it, it was between all that horrible, weird editing and weird bottle camera shots and... Yeah, Again. People complain about Triangle of Sadness being heavy-handed and going too far. This movie was heavy-handed and went too far. A lot of this stuff could have been portrayed in yeah. way less, like, like I'm going to say triggering because for people, for people who have this stuff as triggers, mm-hmm. like, this could have been very triggering to a lot of people. It was NC-17, dude. Like it, it is the most. It was disturbing. It's very it disturbing. Absolutely disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really stray away from any bad thing that could happen to anybody. I mean, it, it happened. I'm like, sure, and obviously that could happen, but like, we didn't need to blatantly see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's, I'm not sorry. Like, I yeah. didn't need to see that. I didn't need to see it. Well, we didn't have to watch this movie, but we watched it. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, we're talking about the podcast and like the things we, you know, want to see, need to see. I feel like we're obligated as a podcast <laughs> sometimes. But you know what? If 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 you want to put that out there, Alessandra, I will gladly. But again, I didn't really know. Like I I heard about stuff coming out about Blonde. I heard that there were some, you know, some some scenes that were hard to watch. I didn't really understand the extent of that. Um, yeah. Do I regret watching this movie? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I could have done without seeing it, I think. Um, uh, it was extremely pretentious. It was like the entire end of Babylon when he's sitting in the movie theater, and that's like the worst part of the movie. It was like that the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. This movie also made me kind of think of um, Joker a little bit. Like... Yeah. You, like, Anna Diarmas looks really great as Marilyn. Like, she she looked really cute. She looked really great. Like, she she sounded great. Like, again, I feel like, and, and, I, and we know she's a great actress. We've seen her in some other stuff. She's a, she's a good actress. Like, I feel like you, you have this character. You have some semblance of an idea of, of, of this character's background. Like, my, my main, my main, confusion with joker was that that you have you have a character you have a very established character and the movie did nothing with that character um same thing here you have you have marilyn she's a character yeah you have her solidified history you have her character you did nothing with her it was just this was a very throwaway movie unfortunately i'm sorry anna (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, so I think she got nominated because she really does show, you know, even though the screenplay really sucks, she really just, like, is is inhabited in this character that she's created. And, like, this character is a extremely emotionally unstable person who has, like, a hard time having any kind of lucid moments in her life, clearly. So I guess in, in that sense, she does a really good job of kind of showing her aloneness and i think that's that's what this movie did well was just showing that she really was alone like the way that they were just, no one was protecting her and when men say that they would protect her like her husband they they were lying like they just wanted to control her so like there was a no like no one looking out for marilyn and she was not the type of person to protect herself and this was not the time where you could be, you know as right. a woman right so it's like a very interesting like it's it's a meditation on that but it's it's just it's not very enjoyable to watch and it's yeah i'm, I'm gonna say this right now for everyone listening we watch this movie so you don't have to yeah, so that's... there there you go that's the one thing if i can get enjoyment out of knowing that because we watched this and we talked about it and you can be here to listen to it and and decide if you want to watch it or not, you decide not to. I did this for you. I did this for you, listener. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, it does make me want to know more about Marilyn as a person. Like I've heard so many, there's still so many movies of hers. I haven't even seen, like I haven't seen women prefer blondes. I I mean, you like, we love some like it hot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some like it hot. What did I say? You said women prefer blondes. Oh, that too. I mean, come on. Mm. (laughs) Gentlemen prefer blondes. And then isn't there another one? That's like, there's the seven year itch. There's, the other is, there, one, is, there gentleman, is there a gentleman Mary Brunettes or something? Is oh, there like a sequel yes, or something? Is it's not like two. I think you might be right about that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. But yeah, like. I want to watch this other one that she was in where she played like Nell. Mm-hmm. Is that. The like babysitter, murderous babysitter? Yeah. That one seems interesting. Yeah, so. Because she was doing, like, the reading for that, it really sounded like she was kind of doing a kind of reading that involved her own mother in a way and her own father in a way. And so it was kind of, like, aligned with, like, the script that she had to read, the side she had to read for that. And then afterwards, they were all like, well, that was bad. And I was like, what was bad about it? I'm really confused. It wasn't bad. So, like, yeah. It, they were like all men trying to tear her down all the time. Like the men are like the evil ones in this movie, obviously. But like, it, uh, yeah, it was uncomfortable. It was just, it was just super uncomfortable to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, is there any fun trivia? Alessandra, we just want to go straight to the plot keywords. I mean, what do you want to do? I'll just look at some stuff while you read the plot keywords. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, Um, so the director says, when asked about the (laughs) NC-17 rating of the film, 
Director Andrew Dominic was surprised when the rating was announced because he thought we'd colored inside the lines. Actress Anna de Armas had also expressed shock when she learned about the film's NC-17 rating. I can point out more movies or TV shows that have more sexual content than this movie. I think it was the speculum shot that really got me. I think that maybe was what really pulled this movie over the edge for me. I I think maybe that there was just so much sexual violence and like personal. Um, what did what did he want this to be rated? There were like three forced abortions in this movie. Like I don't know what what more. Like that's that's really intense. You know, like. There's some really mature themes going on in this movie. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, not even just the the excessive amount of times that Marilyn was just walking around with her top off. Like, like that. That's was one thing, but, like, but that's just nudity, you know. Like, that's that's, the, that's different. I, like, it's, I, it's the it's the subtext. It's the vibe. It's the <laughs> it's the it's the shot of her with the president in in her hand. Like, what? really like you don't think that maybe this is this is a bit much like you could have maybe said that a different way try to do this a different like you know this this director sounds like a wacko he's a wanker (laughs) i'm just gonna say it he's a wanker you know maybe if this movie was directed by a woman it would have been a whole lot different um and and uh i i think it would have been better because if it was directed by a woman I wouldn't have even questioned saying this movie. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Any, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to just, no. it's. Oh, okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. I, I got one. Eye-opening trivia. Okay. Okay. The project was originally announced in 2010. Naomi Watts and Jessica Chastain were both attached to star at different times and both ended up dropping out. Probably because it's bullshit. Probably because it's fucking dumb. <sighs> All right. All right. Um, so the keywords here, we've got female rear nudity, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe character, female nudity, female frontal nudity. What? And and abortion. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that that's is the movie. movie. That's the movie, everyone. Yeah. I mean, it is. Okay. So this movie got 21 positive reviews, 26 mixed reviews, 10 negative reviews to give us a 50 Metascore, which is a lot higher than I anticipated. You know. And there's one 100? Really? The lowest okay. is a 20. There's two 20s. <gasps> okay. Ooh, here we go. Let's go. Go commiserate with my people down here. Here we go. <laughs> right. All right. Which one? Mm. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the New York Times one. Um, if Dominic isn't interested in or capable of understanding that Monroe was indeed more than a victim of the predations of men, it's because in this movie he himself slipped into that wretched role. Yeah. That is so what true. A, what a wanker. I'm going to read the 30 from The New Yorker because I think it really captures what I have to say about this. Okay. Which one? Um, two. Oh, I meant to say the 30 from The Los Angeles Times. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Any truthful portrait of Norma Jean Baker, the woman who became Marilyn Monroe, 
would, of course, have to reckon with the tightly coiled double helix of her art and her tragedy. But Blonde is all tragedy, and its single-mindedness isn't just dull and punishing, but also wearingly unimaginative. Yes! Yes. Fucking Los Angeles Times! Justin Chang! That's exactly... That's why it is... I can't believe he sat through this entire movie. He deserves better than this. Justin, go treat yourself, man. <laughs> you you did work today. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Um, were there any in the yellow section that, that uh, reached out to us? I mean, people are really saying that she was she was Marilyn in this. Like, Anna did a great job and like i yeah i see that but like i don't even I mean, think the only she... other movie the only other movie we'd seen was um michelle williams i think you right? and i have only really Portraying... ever watched that one yeah and so i was yeah. actually thinking about there another one? my week with marilyn a lot yeah there's a few um I think there's one with Naomi Watts as well, and I haven't watched that one. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, the my week with Marilyn one was good because she was like so manic in that movie, but like still had that zing to her that made her kind of a manic pixie dream girl a lot. Not that that movie's great, but like that's what I felt like watching that one. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in I think she was just a little, again, she's a complex person, like, who knows really what she was like, but, you know, it's, a uh, that was kind of the, the one-sidedness of that movie, too, but. Right. Um. Yeah. Anna, though, like. It seems like we truly don't know too much about, like, is anyone even, when did, when did she die? The 50s, or the 60s, uh early 60s or so i think Mm. um okay i mean people knew all about her it's just you know how do you you're you're making you're making a story about someone i mean off of bits and pieces really yeah unless unless there's someone still around who like knew her the best and like knew everything 1962 um she was 36 So, but yeah, it's like a, it's, it's, this hard. I mean, who's, who's to know? There's been countless biographies, books, everything written about her. She's, you know, she's an icon, like I said, but like I was going to say, Anna Darmus, I think really was, you know, she still had a, to me, she was Anna playing a character of not Marilyn, but like this sad character. Like, I think it it was like hard to be like, oh, she's this real person because to me, she didn't feel like that was anyone who really existed. She was just playing a character in a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was something, there was something not missing, but like maybe just, she still felt like, distant like not i don't know Mm. but like i kind of felt the same way about about michelle williams playing her too like i just don't really and and maybe that's the thing with with people playing 
these like mimic type roles like, like elvis I mean, too you know like elvis like rocket man like yeah like, bohemian uh, rhapsody. like rami yeah bohemian rhapsody like it's you know they they do the best they can but we all know that they're not the actual person so it's just like yeah like what do they bring that makes them special that enhances the story and it enhances the the visual like when we're watching it, we're seeing Anna. We're we're attracted to her face. We know she's dazzling in in a lot of ways, and it was the same way with Austin Butler, but like he was performing in a very different way, and like performing was part of the the whole the whole aspect of it, which is why Rami won the the Oscar for that too, because he was performing. He was being a character but also a performer you know like it is like so so much and i felt like this movie was trying to expose like what anna could do as a performer but it didn't let her like all of her like weird cgi versions of marilyn in these scenes were not really given their due for her acting ability in those scenes like she could have just they could have recreated it entirely but they just kind of stuck her head on marilyn Marilyn's body you know yeah and that just like felt weird it like didn't feel quite as authentic and like her performing as Marilyn like we did not see enough of that it was only Norma Jean as mostly in her in her sad inner self like you were saying Um, yeah so, you know, all these people are just saying, it's, like, Vulture says, blonde is beautiful, mesmerizing, and at times deeply moving, but it's also alienating, again, by design, constantly turning the camera on the viewer, sometimes with Marilyn directly addressing it. That's going to be a tough sell, especially for a film that's so nonlinear and elliptical. <laughs> and that was a 90. <laughs> like, really? A 90? And that was a 90 review? Jeez. That was gracious. All right, I'm just going to read this 100 so we can get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's um, do it. <laughs> film. Film. What does that say? I don't know. In, in, inside of the film? <laughs> total total film? Total film. Yeah. Total film. Uh, gave it a 100. Let's see what Jane had to say. Uncomfortable viewing. Cool. Then, but also engaging unbridled cinema that will prompt discourse and divide opinions. Um, That's a definition of a hundred percent film. You literally had nothing to say about this movie. Like, did someone pay you to give it 100? I'm going to look at this review. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was bribed. Uh... (laughs) Oh my God. Gosh. That's like the end of the entire review. So I mean Is it? Is it now? She also says, okay, she says, but like Austin Butler's Elvis, Darmus is not merely copying and nailing a cadence or body language. She brings real soul and pain to her portrayal. Her wide expressive eyes burn with hurt. Her growing disgust disgust with and dependence on the magic friend she sees in the mirror becomes a visceral source of suffering. I agree with you, but also I think you're really looking into this more poetic aspect of this movie that did not deserve it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say whatever opinions these are dividing, there's there's only one right answer. So, <laughs> I mean. All right. Let's let's end this thing. All right. Let's uh let's blow this popsicle stand. Um that was Blonde and Triangle of Sadness, two movies nominated, well, one movie, one actress nominated for Oscars. Um, and that's what we're going to be focusing on for the next couple of weeks until the, until the Oscars. We're going to be just watching a shit ton of movies. I'm already watching a documentary and some other shit. Um, but yeah, that was Triangle of Sadness and Blonde. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and on IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to email us and say hello, you can do that at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow our social media. We have Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast. And we also have merch, so please check that out. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye! Bye! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 